we, uh, we talked about abortion last week, and this week um, we're talking about climate change. I mentioned that last week, and um, I was uh, had a couple different things, of ideas about what I was going to do this week, and this one here just kind of bounced out in front of me at the last minute and kind of just fell into place, so we go where God takes us. And uh, we're going to be uh, around Genesis today, so that's really easy in the first books. And um, we just had that great testimonial, seeing what happens when we have faith and we pray and we believe. And uh, whatever we, we have, we have to have something to base truth on. And I hope that each and every one of you uses the Word of God as your absolute truth. And the grand thing about the Word of God is, is no matter what the subject matter, we can be talking about something that happened in Jesus' time. We can be talking about something that happened in the very beginning with Adam and Eve. We can be talking about something that's happening in the day that the terminology is not used in the Word of God because it simply didn't exist then. But yet, we can still refer back to the Word of God, and through its filter, we can solve any of life's problems. All the answers that we need are in this word. You know, if we don't use the word of God, what do we have to base our truth on? Many people's truths come from opinion. It comes from the logic of others. It comes from all these different outside sources that can be changed, manipulated, and simply don't have any roots. But the Word of God is the one true truth. It is fact. It is given to us by the Creator Himself. And if we believe that, and we use that, we can solve all of our problems. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to get into your word today, Father. We ask you just to open our hearts and minds to receive it. Just take myself out of the way, Father, and let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. So, um, climate change. We've been hearing that a lot in the news lately. It's been a big part of the election People have been battling it out about this thing called climate change. It's nothing new. We've been hearing about climate change for, for years and years. I grew up in the 80s and 90s as a child, and it was a big subject back then. We had cartoons that were devoted to it. We had movie and television. It was in our pop culture. It was a big deal, and it still is today. You know, it's funny about what we get passionate about. You know, we were talking about abortion last week. We talk about a, a human life, a human life that God knows, God created, God knows in the womb, and we can destroy that, we can take it away, we can commit that murder, and nobody really thinks nothing of it. It's no big deal. It's what's best in the eyes of these ones that support it. But yet, we have a different opinion when it comes to our environment. You know, if we were doing the same thing to animals and aborting them, we would have a, a totally different conversation. When it comes to the way we treat the environment, 
cutting down of trees and and these different things we have a totally different outlook and people's willing to go to great means to get their point across and on a different subject when we have such strong feelings and no matter what the feelings are whether it be about the environment whether it be about abortion even if it be about god when we get to the point that we are trying to drive our point so hard that we are using destruction, we are using violence, we are using fear, these are the tools of Satan. And whatever our point was, whatever our cause is, doesn't matter at that point anymore because we have totally lost focus for the point of driving our idea and we're not getting real change real change doesn't come from violence it doesn't come from fear it comes from compassion it comes from love it comes from a want we have this great motivation to stop this climate change. And let me explain to you what it is in, in layman's terms. It's because of all of the stuff we do on a day-to-day -day basis, our cars, our factories, these, uh, these gases, the, the, the different things that we call just from, from life, the stuff goes up into the atmosphere and starts getting caught in the atmosphere and it causes the sun's rays to be able to be trapped it causes like a radiation and therefore raising temperatures that's the the idea and the logic is that we've got to put a stop to this because it's going to cause all sorts of damage the oceans are going to rise polar ice caps are going to melt or they're going to be flooding there's going to be fires there's going to be all these different kind of things generations down the road they blame all the fires out in California on global warming. Well, they uh, don't take in consideration the numerous, numerous people that's been arrested for arson. They don't take in consideration the uh, fact that groups have taken credit for starting these fires. And they don't take in consideration that they are localized. They stop burning at the Canada line. They also are localized in one area. If we were having fires just spontaneously start due to the fact of climate change, why is it not a worldwide epidemic? Why is it only in one state in one country? The fact is, the scientific proof is sketchy. There is no fact to determine if any of these things are really happening or not. But we do have something we can go to that will tell us a little bit about what is going on and whether we need to be worried about this thing called climate change. Genesis 8, 
and 20. Now, the earth. Now, oftentimes we get confused because we have two different things here. We have the, the earth. That is the actual, the planet, the actual structure. The, this is what everything is made up of, the, the actual core, the, the ground, the actual physical thing, the earth. And then we have the world, which is something totally different. This is, the world is what we know. This is what mankind lives in. This is our, our environment. This is, is life, the world. Two separate things. And there's many, oftentimes, much debate about, you know, is, how can this have taken place, but the world's only this long, and it's really, it's, it's, there's so much that we don't understand. There's only so much that is packed into God's world, word, what he wanted us to know, but there's so much more that he has done, that he is doing, that we simply just don't know about yet. You know, for, for God, one day is, is a thousand years. And we see that all this happened in the course of seven days. Well, how many thousands of years was that for God? What took place in between all the steps from when he supposed said, let there be light, to when man was created? And it is changed and involved. We see in, in the beginning that the uh, let me just turn there for a minute and we'll come back to Genesis 8. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the pace and the deep, and the Spirit of the God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And then he went so on and so forth, and did all this creation, creation, creation. Taking something and molding it and breathing life into it and changing it and evolving it. And we see, we see species. We see the dinosaurs were here and then gone. And we have other things that were here and gone. We see change. And as we further go through, we see how the Garden of Eden, what it looked like. It's lushness, the fruit growing upon the trees. And in 8 and 20, there was a, a flood. There was a, the wickedness of man, sin upon the earth, running rapid, and God said no more. So God flooded the earth, and this is in the aftermath of that. And Noah built an altar up to the Lord, and he took every clean beast and every clean fowl, and he offered burnt offerings unto the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet Savior, and the Lord said unto his heart, that I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. For imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, and neither will I smite any more of any living thing I have done. And while the earth remained seed time and harvest and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. And 22 is the verse I want us to focus on today. So let's go back and read that one more time. And while the earth remained seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, 
and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. The things that we are accustomed to, seasons, cold, heat, springtime, summer, the growths, and the decay will not cease. Oftentimes, we have a drive that we need to take action upon ourselves. Now, of course, we are always called to action, but we are called to take action with God, to follow God, to let God lead us. But man oftentimes has a different idea and thinks he needs to take situations into his own hands and he needs to start making the changes and he needs to do things without any kind of influence from God and or anyone else. When we get this kind of mentality, we are pushed away from God. We are pushed towards things like government. We are pushed towards things like socialism, group mentality. We are looking for worldly, i.e. man, as supreme leaders, instead of looking for God as our Almighty, as our true leader. We are taking God out of everything. We are to believe. We are to believe God's word. God created everything. So are we to believe that he is not in control, that man can destroy everything that he created? Genesis 1 and 26. And God said, let us make man in our image and like our not in our likeness and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over every all over the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. God, God made man the supreme being over earth, over everything. And it's funny because dominion. Do you uh, ever seen a abandoned house? If it sits that way for, for years, what happens? The earth begins to take it back over again. The vines grow across it. The structure begins to decay and eventually fall in. If we leave a car unattended for a period of time, it begins to deteriorate. The tires dry rot and crack. The hoses dry rot and crack. The, these fluids go bad in the system. The grease hardens up. Things begin to stick and not move the way they should. The gas lines gum up and it won't longer run. Man and the environment need one another. It is a balance. 
When we let our lands go untreated, when we don't tend to them, the way God God put Adam in there, he said, to tend to the garden. So when we don't tend to the land that God has given us, we have problems. In the forest, if we let the, the underbrush grow up, and then all it takes is one lightning strike, and then we have a fire. When we maintain our pastures, we keep them mowed and fertilized and treated. It brings back more luscious grass season after season for the cattle to feed on. If we keep out the weeds, it gives us an opportunity to be able to grow for hay. We tend our soils to be able to grow to have vegetation for food. Even our our fruit trees, our flowers, they need to be pruned. They need to be cared for. The world without man in it is just a different form of chaos. It becomes overgrown. It becomes unusable. God tells us to be fruitful and multiply. He tells us that children are a great blessing to have many of them. So when we hear people talk about that we need to depopulate the earth, that we have too many people because of what it's doing to the environment, that is in direct conflict with what God tells us. God knows the beginning from the end. And if the world is heating up, it's all part of God's plan. See, in the beginning, we look back at the the garden. And uh, it was a perfect environment. If we watch any of these reality shows, you know, where we have to, people are dropped off on on a desert island somewhere and they have to survive. We watch any show where there's a shipwreck or a plane crash and the survivors, they get to an area. What is the first thing that they do? They build a shelter. Because we have to defend ourselves from the elements. Because we have to protect ourselves from extreme heat. We have to protect ourselves from extreme cold. We have to protect ourselves from the rain. So we need shelter. But Adam and Eve didn't have to worry about that because their environment was perfect. We didn't have these 100-degree Florida days where the sun is bleaching down. We hear one verse, it says that he walked in the cool. It was pleasant. It was nice. There wasn't extreme drops in temperature where you have to worry about freezing. And there wasn't even any rain. What? Yes. It was a different system. The water simply came up from the ground to water all the plants, to fill all the things that needed to be filled with water, the rivers, the lakes, the ponds. And then whenever the flood came, that's when we first get rain. 
The world is constantly evolving, and so is the earth, and changing. And God is the orchestrator behind all of it. He knows when enough is enough. See, what people don't realize is, and is that without a belief in God, if they don't have the Word of God to fall back on, then all they see is what is here and now. And they believe that this is all that we have to work with. That this world has got to last us generations upon generations upon generations upon generations. But we, as believers in the Word of God, know that God tells us this is only temporary. There is a new heaven and a new earth that is on the way. This is our our starter home. This is not our final destination. For when you have the blood of Jesus covering you, when you accept Him as your personal Savior, you have a mansion in glory that is built for you. Jesus says that in my Father's house there are many mansions, and I go to prepare you one. This is only temporary. And I believe, because I know that my God is in control of everything, that He has a plan, He knows the beginning from the end, that He doesn't make mistakes. He isn't like us whenever we start a project and we get in a little too far and we have that oh no moment when we realize we're in a little over our head. God is never in over our head. He does not have any contingencies that He has not planned for. He cannot have any problem that He cannot solve. He can take anything, no matter what we do, and turn it around and use it for our good. Because that is who He is. So there's not at any point that we're going to have a collapse of this world. That we're going to kill ourselves off because God is in control. If there is a problem, then God can fix it. Or better yet, He can make it part of His plan. And perhaps that plan is is that we are going to go back to a way that it was before. That perfect environment. God told us that he's not going to flood the earth anymore. But there is a little something about fire. Save that for another time. God is in control. God has a plan. And we need to stop worrying so much about what we can do. What we need to do. Paper straws are not important, but saving souls is. That is what we all need to be focusing on, is each and every one of us learning all we can about our God. And just like the testimonial we heard today, allowing Him to come in our lives, allowing Him to answer our prayers, to give us miracles, to love us unconditionally, to fulfill our needs, to give us, grant the promises that He has given us, to do all of these things that He wants to do for us, and then be able to go out into the world and share it, to share how great He is. 
and let others see and live by that example and be that light and make real change. Change that we can only have by following God. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to get into your word today, Father. Father, we ask that we can take off the blinders, that we can sort through all the, the, the tomfoolery and just the, the mess of the world, Father, that all the junk that gets put in front of us, and we can see what the truth is, Father, that we'll have a, a burning passion to know the real truth. And that is your word, Father, that we can get into your word, that it'll be in us and upon us and within us and consume us, Father. And we can be able to, to go out and use it and we can fulfill what you want for us, Father, and be able to benefit from everything that you have for us and be able to show that to others and others will see and souls will be saved, Father. We ask you to, to guide us and lead us in everything that we do, that chains will be broken, decisions will be made, and feet will move, Father. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.